Welcome to the Mile High Fight Show, where we break down the latest in the fighting world. Today, we'll go over UFC 276 and see just what we have waiting for us come July 2nd. So, obviously, this card is highly anticipated. I think a lot of people view this almost as like the biggest card of the year, uh, which I think is pretty fair when you start going through the names. Um, and I guess with that, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. And we'll start with the headliner, as always, uh, our main event a middleweight title bout between Israel Adesanya and Jared Cannonier. Uh, so Israel Adesanya looks to continue his two-win streak after taking his first UFC loss versus Jan Blaskowicz in March of 2022, or 2021, rather, uh, going up against Jared Cannonier, getting his first title shot after winning five of his last six with dominating power in his hands. And, yeah, I mean, two really interesting fighters. Uh, I, I really like Israel Adesanya. I'm a fan of his. I, I like his style, uh, and he's very shifty. He moves around a lot. He dodges a lot of hits. I think it's going to be an interesting one between him and Jared because you have that power on one side and then kind of the precision on the other almost. And so, you know, Jared has the power to end it whenever he wants, but is he going to be able to? I think that's been a, the question for a lot of people that have faced Israel is like, he's just elusive as hell. You know, and he's got a little bit of a chin on him too. He's gotten hit, and you know, it's not easy to just take him down. So, uh, it's going to be really fun for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I I love Israel Adesanya. I absolutely am. I've been a fan of the lifestyle bender since he came into the UFC. Um, I've literally watched every single one of his fights since his UFC debut. Um, I saw him, you know, as a you know, prospect, and I saw him as a challenger and then a title challenger. I saw the interim fight between him and Kevin Gastelum. Um, that was an instant classic. And, yeah, I mean, Izzy's got a chin, dude. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, he's beaten, you know, just guys after guys. Uh, obviously, I think um, him losing to Jan Blahovich was a good thing, not necessarily for his record but for himself because – I really do think Israel Adesanya was able to see some of his limitations. I thought him going up to 205 was a little a little risky. Um, I think Jan, like if Jan really wanted to, I'm sure he could fight heavyweight. Um, and he's just so big for 205 in general. Um, Jan is just a big man. And I think Izzy was able to kind of see what he can and can't do in regards to his fighting career. And that's okay. You know, like ultimately – you know, he was undefeated before he fought, uh, fought Jan and he knocked out Robert Whitaker. You know, he's beat Robert, Robert Whitaker in decision after that. And, um, he was able to uh, beat Marvin Vittori. Um, and really, I mean, he's almost overlapped this division, um, after, you know, and my prediction is that Izzy will get past Jared Cannonier. Um, after he beats Cannonier, then honestly, he really doesn't have anyone else in this division that, were really concerned um, that I'm overly concerned with as far as him needing to fight next. Um, I mean, he probably will have to fight um, Alex Pereira, who's another guy that's on this card as well, eventually. Um, but, I mean, I really do think that Israel Adesanya has the, the style that can keep Jared Cannonier at bay. Um, you know, Cannoneer, that's the thing is, I just think Izzy has more ways to win than Cannoneer does, to put it lightly. Um, I think that Cannoneer is probably going to watch a lot of the Jan Blahovich tape 
try to take him down, try to use some wrestling, try to use some ground and pound. But I just think for a 185er, um, Izzy has a distinct advantage over some of the other 85ers. You know, I think why Jan had so much success with getting him down was because he was so much bigger than Izzy. I, I do think that Cannoneer is big, and Cannoneer has fought at heavyweight before, but I don't think that he has the the wrestling prowess or the sheer size that Jan had to uh, to take Izzy down and continually get him down, you know, continually hold him down, continually get him down. Um, and so, yeah, and I've seen Cannoneer fight, and there's just times where I do think towards the later rounds um, he just gets a little tired. He has a lot of muscle on his frame and more muscle, more oxygen consumption, you know, in a five-round fight like against someone like Israel Adesanya where he's so lean and so used to going to the distance and he's just so accurate with his punches and his strikes and his kicks that it's just so hard to um, – it's so hard to get in on him. I used to think that Robert Whitaker had the most beautiful footwork, um, the way he bounces on his toes and his heels to get to slide in and out of distance to um, – you know, to get him with striking rage. And I used to think that Robert Whitaker had just undeniable, um, an undeniable advantage when it came to a striking because of his footwork. And Israel Adesanya has figured that out thoroughly. Robert Whitaker cannot get in on him at all. And that's why I think that, you know, when Whitaker and Adesanya eventually fight again for the third time, because Whitaker's so good that he'll, he'll get back up to the title fight again. Um, Adesanya is going to win again just because I think Izzy's so so good at being able to uh, see someone's strengths and figure out how he can um, how he can make the fight his his own. And um, I think Cannoneer is going to have a hard time getting within Izzy's range, and I think Cannoneer is going to have a hard time making the fight his his type of fight. I think Cannoneer would have to make this a, just a real dog fight, get him real close, elbows. Uh, Muay Thai clinches just he would have to make the fight really really nasty and Izzy's so good at avoiding that so um, yeah I'm still predicting that Izzy's going to figure this out and he's going to continue to um, be the are the UFC middleweight champion of the world I, I don't uh, I don't see how Israel Adesanya loses right now and no no against the Jer uh, no offense to Jared Cannonier because he has been phenomenal his last few fights I just I don't see how it happens against Izzy. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And, I mean, I think really the only chance he has is if he can uh, just sneak a super powerful strike in there and get him in a hit. But, uh, like you said, he's so good at avoiding that. And he, if Jared can't keep the sustained pressure or end it early, uh, you know, I think it pretty much ends itself there, you know. Um, but it is going to be a really exciting one uh, either way for the main event there. And then our co-main event, a featherweight title bout between Alexander Volkanovsky versus Malik, or Max Holloway. Uh, and this is the third fight, a trilogy for these guys, a greatly anticipated, uh, you know, Andrew Volkanovsky, or Andrew, sorry, Alexander Volkanovsky, one of the premier names in the UFC, uh, coming off his thorough annihilation of the Korean zombie, you know, against Max Holloway, uh, looking to take the belt from him after cruising his way through the featherweight division only to face a brick wall against Volk in fight one uh, of that trilogy. And then in the second one, 
make it a hotly contested split decision that many thought should have gone to him, should have gone to Max. Uh, so, you know, obviously you get this third fight, kind of the final decider. If Volk put, puts it away, you're probably like, okay, fine, like, fine. But I think that second fight left just enough doubt, just enough that I think this is necessary. And I'm never going to complain about seeing a Volk fight. I'm never going to complain about seeing Max Holloway fight. And I'm certainly never going to complain about the two of them fighting. Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my um, more anticipated fights of the year. Um, Obviously, I'm a huge Max Holloway fan. And I am a big Alexander Volkanovsky fan. I cannot deny that. Um, But Max Holloway has just been one of my favorite fighters since I've started watching the UFC all those years ago. Um, but I mean, I, I just, I remember both these guys, just both of them coming up, um, especially Alexander Volkanovsky. When I met Max, Max was getting ready to fight Jose Aldo for the second time. So Max was already interim champion. Um, he had already just beat um, Anthony Pettis, you know, so um, Max was an interim champion already getting ready to fight Jose Aldo for the second time um, in Detroit Max went and put away Jose Aldo to um, become the undisputed featherweight champion of the world. And at that time, uh, Jose Aldo was considered the GOAT of the featherweight uh, division. And Holloway went, beat him twice, and has was on a streak until he met Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, it seemed like in that first fight, Volkanovsky had a slight advantage um, as far as, um, I would say, leg kicks. And uh, he was able to get takedowns a little bit more. Um, but that second fight, and and I, I try to be as unbiased as possible. But there's got to be a little bit of a little bit of uh, you know that biased opinion, even if you're trying your best not to. Um, I really do think, in my heart of hearts, that Max Holloway won that second fight. Um, and I think that in this fight, I, I'm very much hoping that Max will be able to get that featherweight strap back. Um, I think he's a very deserving. Uh, number one contender um, every single time Max has lost against Volk. He's went and fought top tier guys and put them away in, um, in dominating fashion. I mean, the beating he put on Calvin Cater is still to this day, one of my favorite fights to watch just because it's a thorough, thorough ass beating of a top contender. Um, We just watched Calvin Cater fight, um, you know, last weekend and, you know, he looked really good against Josh Emmett. Um, he looked really good in his fight before then, but yeah, Max Holloway made him look like a rookie. You know, there's a very viral clip of Calvin Cater throwing punches and Max Holloway slipping them, and he's pounding on his chest saying that he's the best boxer in the UFC. You know, so um, it just it just it just gives me goosebumps every single time, and I think that Max is going to really bring that same edge into this fight with Volk, um, but. The one thing I'll say about Alexander Volkanovsky is he truly is the embodiment of a champion. Like he takes he takes his job very seriously. He takes being a champion very seriously. He takes it very personal in regards to, you know, this is how he feeds his family. And, you know, although both men have families, Max just got married um, and, you know, Max has a son, obviously. But, you know, Volkanovsky talks about his family very much being a, a, a drawing point of inspiration for him. Um, so I root for Volk in that sense. I root for Volk because he's a great guy. Um, I really hope that Max can um, can figure out 
because otherwise I think you, I think for Max, if he loses this fight, I do think you have to maybe thinking about putting on some weight permanently and moving up to 155. Um, and, or if you're Volk, maybe you've cleaned out the division and maybe you can leave it to Max. Um, if Max feels like he can still make 145 easy and he still feels like he can, because I, I think there's more interesting fights for Max if he becomes a champion again than there is for Volkanovski. I think if Volkanovski, once he beats Max, I don't think there's really anyone in the division that could beat him. Um, whereas, and I think, I don't think that, people are going to have a better chance to beat Max. I think that there's just guys that Max hasn't fought yet. The Volk has, you know? So I think that, I don't know. I, I guess I just, depending on who wins is going to be who I think should, um, if, well, if Volk wins, Volk should move up. If Max wins, Max should stay put. But if Max loses, then maybe Max should move up. So I don't know. Um, I just know that I'm excited for the the trilogy in one of the most um, just as far as like pure skill wise, this is the most entertaining rivalry ever. Uh, just because I really do think that both these guys are almost dead even with each other. I think that they have had two very close fights, and I'm expecting a very close third one. But I'm hoping that Max Holloway, uh, you know, can pull out and uh, the Blessed Express can be dominated again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about Max. Yeah, 100%. I, I think it's going to be a fantastic fight. And, you know, to your point, uh, in a lot of the uh, interviews for this fight uh, or coming up to this fight, Volkanovski appears to be kind of looking ahead, uh, which, you know, I feel bad for Max when you look at that. But, I mean, it's expected from, you know, that's kind of the mentality you got to have as a champion, as a fighter, like you're, you know, expecting yourself to win almost, but he's almost kind of like, when I win this, uh, he, he says that he plans to uh, move up to lightweight and he wants to be a double champion, like just legacy wise. That's his goal. That's what he wants to do. Um, and so, you know, he's already kind of like looking ahead. Uh, I guess the question is, is can Max spoil his plans? So, all right, and then our next fight on the card here, a middleweight bout between Sean Strickland and Alex Pereira. Uh, Strickland coming off winning six in a row, moving his way up the middleweight rankings, looking for a title shot, and he will face Alex Pereira in only his third UFC fight after going 2-0 and this far, as well as putting together two kickboxing wins against Israel Adesanya, who he shares the card with tonight, uh, as Enrique mentioned earlier, so... Those have uh, those two have some history, and uh, potentially later on could uh, end up in a uh, championship title shot for Alex Pereira. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely think that there's a good chance that um, Alex Pereira could be getting a title shot. Um, if I'm being honest with you, much sooner than I think he deserves one. Nothing against Alex Pereira. I think he's been very entertaining uh, since he's been in the UFC. He had an amazing uh, flying um, flying knee knockout. His last fight was very entertaining. Um, I think the reason why they gave Alex Pereira Sean Strickland is to set up um, Izzy versus Pereira. So I think ultimately the the thought of them fighting um, in the UFC was 
very entertaining for Dana. Um, they've already fought twice in kickboxing, and I think you'll be able to sell that fight a little bit. So to get Pereira closer to the title fight, you have to have him fight a contender. He has to fight Sean Strickland because Sean Strickland's the one that's open and that accepted the fight with Pereira. Now, I don't know how this fight's going to go, truthfully. Um, Sean Strickland is a bad man, and I do I do truly believe that he is very a very talented fighter. He's also fucking crazy. Like, Sean Strickland is actually a crazy man. Um, and I think that he very much welcomes this fight. I think that he very much uh, eyes the opportunity to put himself past uh, Pereira and, you know, shoot for a title shot himself. I think that um, Sean Strickland's, you know, a fight or two away. You know, if he beats Alex Pereira, not only does he stop the hype train, um, but then I don't know, maybe after that, maybe you fight Jared Cannonier, um, you know, for like the opportunity to get past, um, uh, whoever, you know, or maybe Sean Strickland fights the winner of Marvin Vittori and Robert Whitaker next. Um, and then that, then he fights, uh, Izzy. I think that if Sean Strickland's able to get past Pereira, I think he needs to fight one more guy in the top five. And then I'm I'm very fine with Sean Strickland getting a title shot. Um, I don't necessarily know how he'd do against Izzy, but I think for both these guys, um, you need another fight after this. Um, I think if you're Pereira, you you could you you might even be able to get a title shot if you win this fight with a devastating knockout. If you're able to knock out Sean Strickland, um, just highlight reel, you could probably get a title shot with that. Uh, just because Izzy doesn't have anyone to fight after Cannoneer. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I think it's going to be a very interesting fight. And just another one to add to um, this stacked card, you know. So I think that ultimately, like, what we're going to have to do is see see what happens with Pereira, see what happens with Sean Strickland, and just kind of go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it'll definitely be a fun one. And, you know, both those guys have stakes to lose here. Um, I mean, when it comes to Alex Burr, I think, like, you know, he's going to get a shot either way eventually. It's certainly going to put him off track if he does lose this to Strickland. But, um, yeah, I mean, both these guys are, are hungry and looking for a shot. And, uh, so this one's going to be important to him. And I'm really interested to see it. And then uh, our next fight, or what would have been our next fight here, um, but was unfortunately canceled. Uh, a women's flyweight bout between Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. I know we were both looking forward to this one. Um, and Lauren Murphy unfortunately had to pull from the fight for undisclosed circumstances. So hope everything's okay with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, sucks to see that fight gone. Uh, at this point, we don't know if there's going to be a fight added or if it's just going to be uh, the four that are left on that main card. Um, so we'll just have to see in the coming days, uh, if there's a, a fight added there, uh, maybe one gets moved up from the prelim. We'll have to see. But uh, for the uh, presumed last fight at this point on the main card, uh, it'll be a bantamweight bout between Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley. Uh, very exciting one here. So an up-and-coming up fan favorite fighter, Sugar Sean O'Malley, will fight his toughest opponent yet in Pedro Munoz, uh, who's ranked number 10 in the division. And coming off an unfortunate one and uh, four record in his last five fights, 
but all of those losses came against stiff competition in Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, Dominic Cruz, and the current bantamweight champ, Algernon Sterling. Uh, and so, you know, one of those things where, like, you're facing such high competition, it, yes, you were one in four, but it was all against, I think all four of those guys are former champions. Um, yeah. So, so, like, you can't blame them too, too much. Um, and certainly much higher competition for O'Malley. So, you know, though he, O'Malley has done a lot of talking and views himself as one of the rising stars in the UFC, the time has come for him to prove it after winning seven of his last eight against primarily uh, lower competition, a lot of unranked guys. Yeah, and this is this is a huge fight for both these guys. Um, for Pedro Munoz, I mean, like you said, one in four in his last five fights, but all of them coming against former champions and just the elite of, elite of fighters. Um, and so you really you don't really take too much shine off of Pedro Munoz because he does take everyone and anyone, and he does put up a pretty decent fight with everyone he fights. Um, I mean, I think for Sean O'Malley, this is – this is his second true test. And if I'm being honest with you, this is a really important fight for Sean O'Malley, not only just to prove that he does belong in the top 10, because obviously Pedro Munoz is ranked number 10. Um, but this is going to show that, you know, in my opinion, he got lucky when he hurt himself against Cheeto. And I'm a big Sean O'Malley fan, but I really do think that Cheeto Vera is, like, I think Cheeto's, like, championship material. I think Cheeto's going to be very, very hard to deal with uh, as he continues to fight. Um, he Cheeto Vera fights Dominic Cruz next, so I think that's going to show us something as well. And I believe that fight happens in September or August, so it's coming up relatively soon. But uh, Sean O'Malley obviously got hurt in the fight against Cheeto Vera, and so we weren't able to truly see... Sean O'Malley's potential um, in regards to higher competition. So this is his first time, you know, and, you know, God forbid that O'Malley gets hurt again to make the fight not happen um, or to make it end in a no contest or a loss or just without a true fight. Um, this is his first time he's having to do that. And so I think Pedro Munoz is a perfect guy for that. I think Munoz walks forward. Um, and I think that, Honestly, you, you could kind of look at this fight as a mini Cannoneer Izzy fight. You know, Sean O'Malley's big for that division. He's tall and lanky for that division. Where Pedro Munoz fits that division's mold a little bit more true as far as a short, um, a shorter guy at the lighter weight division. Um, you know, bantamweight being 135. I think Sean O'Malley could kind of stay back, piece him up a little bit, throw some kicks, throw some, you know, real lengthy jabs and keep him at bay. Um, and I think for Pedro Munoz, you're going to want to try to get get in at close boxing range, make it a dirty fight as best he can, um, and rely on that power. Because that's one thing that Pedro Munoz has is he does have power um, that Sean O'Malley does have to respect. And I'll tell you right now, um, as although I'm picking Sean O'Malley to win this fight and I'll be rooting for Sean, um, I, I can see a world where Sean gets a little reckless and Pedro catches him. I can see that because Pedro really does have power for the division. Um, and, you know, he Sean O'Malley does really need to respect that. But um, ultimately, like I said, I do see Sean O'Malley pulling this out. Um, he is a fan favorite. So, you know, all eyes are going to be on him. And, 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited for him to open up the card. If he does end up opening the card, I think they'll probably move another fight to the main card, especially with my girl Misha Tegan canceled. But um, yeah, I'm excited for Sean O'Malley. I'm excited for Pedro Munoz. I'm excited to see the. Um, this is like my favorite type of fight because this is like the you know the young up and coming star versus you know the guy that's fighting for his career almost. You know, you go one in five, and honestly, even though he's a talented fighter, um, Pedro Munoz could get dropped or he could fall out of the. He'll, he will fall out of the top 10 and, you know, with a very stacked division like Bantamweight, it's hard to get back up there, you know, and if you lose to O'Malley, it's going to be hard to get a rematch with him. So uh, Pedro Munoz has to be careful in this fight. Sean O'Malley also has to be careful. Uh, I see Sean taking it. Um, I see I, I see a decision and I see Sean O'Malley winning, um, winning by majority decision in this fight. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a good one and Hopefully we'll uh, we'll just get a good fight regardless of what happens. Yeah, I I agree. Obviously, you hope that uh, you know it's just going to be an entertaining fight. And uh, for Sean O'Malley, you know I would tend to agree that I think I would pick him to win, and I think he he can win this. But it's going to be a test for him because you know, like we mentioned, this is the best competition he's ever faced. Uh, Pedro's got that power to take him out. And I think that this is going to be like a point in his career where you like, because at this point, in my opinion, you know, I look at Sean O'Malley as yes, a fan favorite. Yes. A lot of people like him. He's got an upward trajectory, but he is not, I don't view him as a like contender and as one of like the premier names of the UFC because he hasn't established himself there yet. And he's, he's getting there, but this is going to be, you know, like we mentioned, almost that first big test to say, are you real? Are you really, really like he puts on the the personality of a champion and a personality of one of those, you know, he talks a lot about like Conor McGregor and being a personality in the UFC. So that's kind of the image he's going for. And this is going to be the, that first big test to say, are you really that or are you putting up a show? Uh, so we'll have to see, uh, you know, come July 2nd and uh, yeah, we'll have to see if another fight gets added to the main card. Uh, but, you know, we could talk about a couple of these prelims. Uh, you know, my feature prelim that I'm most excited for is going to be Jim Miller versus Donald Cowboy Cerrone. If it actually happens, um, you know, last couple of fights for Cowboy have been expected to be his last fight. However, uh, I think it's been his last two that have been pushed back for one reason or another. Um, and so, you know, we'll have to see if this one actually happens or not. But if it does, it could be the last fight uh, of a legendary fighter. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great um, – I think that's a great prelim to pick. Um, obviously, I'm a huge Cowboy fan, and I'm hoping Cowboy's able to, um, to come back. And especially a fight against Jim Miller, like Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone are going to throw – motherfucking hands dog like they're not gonna come in there and do anything besides try to kill each other um especially cowboy and you know i i think cowboy said he's gonna fight two more so he's got this fight and he'll take one more fight maybe like the joe lozon fight that's tony ferguson versus khabib at this point 
um, or whatever, whatever Cowboy does. I think he said he still got two more fights. So we'll get this one against Jim Miller, and hopefully it's a scrap of a lifetime. And then hopefully we get one more fight with Cowboy Cerrone. But if not, it'll definitely be the end of a legendary career. Um, and I mean, honestly, Jim Miller's up there too. So, you know, honestly, at either point, we could get either of these guys retiring with this next fight. But um, my my prelim of the night is going to be um, is going to be the Macy Barber fight. Um, let me see who she's fighting. Actually, um, she is fighting on the early prelims, and she is fighting Jessica I. So uh, I'm really excited to see that fight. Um, I'm obviously hoping that um, Macy Barber comes out on top. Macy Barber is a Young and up-and-coming woman fighter. Um, she, you know, her nickname is The Future. And I really do think that she has tons of potential uh, in this weight class. I think she has tons of potential um, to become a future title contender. You know, she fights at uh, straw weight, which is 115. Um, that's, you know, in the same weight division as Thug Rose. And Macy Barber's uh, fighting style is more of a boxing approach, which is really refreshing, um, especially for uh, girls in the lighter weight class. Uh, she just comes in and throws hands every single time, dude. And it's just so entertaining, so fun. Um, and she's really, really young. Um, you know, I, I believe she's, you know, maybe 22, 23 years old. I've uh, been fighting the UFC the last couple of years. And, yeah, I always tune in when Macy Barber fights. So I'll definitely be tuning in uh, for her fight on the early prelims. But, I mean, the, there's just so many good ones, dude. Like, I, I can't complain at all. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, you look at the, uh, the other, uh, you know, prelim cards there, not the early prelims, but just the main prelim. Uh, you know, we have a lightweight bout between Brad Riddell and Jalen Turner, a welterweight bout between Robbie Lawler and Brian Barbe or Barbarena, rather, and then a welterweight bout between Ian Gary and Gabe Green. So some solid fights there, uh, some stuff to look forward to. And, I mean, you know, obviously, when you look at the card as a whole, unfortunate that we aren't getting a Lauren Murphy versus Misha Tate. Uh, but I think the rest of the card is still quality enough that uh, it's going to be more than enough to fill our appetite uh, for some good fights. So, hell yeah. Uh, I am really looking forward to this one, Enrique. Can't wait to watch it with you, as always. Um, and then got a shout out just at the end of the show here as we're recording you know, we are uh, a show based in Colorado. So obviously we got a shout out to Colorado Avalanche who just now won game six of the Stanley Cup final, uh, which won the entire series for them. So yeah, good for them. It's going to be super fun to see the city of Denver blow up and joy. Um, and you know, we could already, already hear the fireworks outside and people celebrating. So good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm super stoked that, um, I get to watch this, another beautiful fight card with you. Um, can't wait for this one. This one's stacked. Shout out to the Avs. Um, even though I said I wasn't going to root for you guys, I'm going to be an Avs fan tonight. I'm going to be an Avs fan tomorrow. And then, um, I don't know, I'll pick a hockey team before next year. So we'll figure it out. But, yeah, go Avs. Happy for the city. Happy for you. Happy for my dad. Um, yeah, happy for all the Avs fan. Hell, yeah. Good stuff. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Mile High Fight Show, and we'll see you guys next week.